This morning we're going to focus our attention on some of the verses that we read from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9 and 10, and chapter 12, verse 1. I'd like to read those verses with you once more. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, by God's grace we may today witness young members of the congregation profess their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and by doing that they are committing their lives to the Lord. They are declaring that they love the Lord Jesus, that they want to rely on him, they want to serve him, listen to him, and follow him. There's not too many people in the world who would like to do that. Many people think that when, you're, when you follow Jesus, that just means you have to live a dull life. You can't do this and you can't do that. Many people think that being a Christian is no life at all. Well, the Bible tells us something different. God in his word tells us that he wants us to enjoy the life that he has given us. And that's the theme for the sermon. The Lord calls his children to celebrate life. And as we go through these three verses, we'll consider why he calls us to do that, and to what he calls us, and how he encourages us in that calling. So through the preacher, the Lord is saying, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. He is saying that if you are young, you should be, you should be happy. Let your heart cheer you. And walk in the ways of your heart and let your eyes guide you. We might wonder about that because at first glance we wonder, what is the preacher saying? Does this mean that we should encourage young people to just make the most of life? To live it up? Walk in the sight of your eyes? Is that what you tell your children when they go out on a Friday night to hang out with their friends? How are we to understand this text? After all, doesn't scripture, scripture caution us, and especially young people, to walk in the light of God's word and not to follow the inclinations of our own heart? In Proverbs 3, we read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. And then if we read the last part of verse 9, it seems as if what the preacher is giving on the one hand, he is taking away with the other. Because he adds, do you not know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment? What is he trying to say? Is he trying to use fear to make us behave? Well, congregation and young people of the church, we need to keep in mind who the preacher is, and whom he is addressing. The book of Ecclesiastes is, of course, a book for everybody, a book for all people. 
But keep in mind that he is the son of David, chapter 1, verse 1. He is king in Jerusalem. So he is a member of God's people addressing God's people. And here in this passage, he is in particular addressing a covenant child. We would say he is speaking to the youth of the church. He is speaking to young people who have been chosen by God to be his children. He is speaking to those who have the sign of the covenant, the promises of the covenant. He is speaking to those who have been chosen by God for service in his kingdom. He is speaking to those who can sing the words of Psalm 1, as we did at the beginning of the service. He is addressing everyone who confesses faith in God. We could even say, today the preacher is addressing young young people who are making profession of faith. He is addressing those who seek their strength in the Lord and Him alone and in the power of His Spirit. He is speaking to those who know that they are weak in themselves. He is speaking to those who dare to say that they love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, but who at the same time acknowledge that they are strong only in the Lord. They can only serve the Lord because He renews their heart and their mind. And so our text this morning is addressing the young man and the young woman who has been renewed by the Holy Spirit so that they are no longer dead in sin. This text addresses those who have been reborn to a new and living hope. So the preacher is speaking here to young people who know that life is not meaningless. And in New Testament terms, we could say he is speaking to those who have found their identity in Christ. Or to use the words from the form for the public profession of faith, he is speaking to those who love the Lord God and who have a heartfelt desire to serve him according to his word. He is speaking to people whom God, in whom God has worked faith by Christ's renewing spirit. And if we understand all of that, understand that context, then these words really do make sense, do they not? Because the context is so very significant. If if the young man in our text is not just anyone, but one whom God has chosen for his service in his kingdom, one whose heart has been renewed by the Holy Spirit, well then... This young man really should be walking in the ways of his heart. That is, his spirit-renewed heart. And he really should be walking in the sight of his eyes. His spirit-enlightened eyes. And once we understand that, we can also consider what the Lord calls this young man to do. And that's our second point. Our text includes the exhortation, Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. And walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. Well, we've already established that this youth is not to follow the sinful inclinations of his heart. Rather, he wants to do what pleases the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalm 1. And so, brothers and sisters and young people of the church, if this is who you are, And the command to walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes is not a license to do whatever you want. 
we don't have a license to sin. Instead, we are to walk in the newness of our mind. To use the words of Paul in Ephesians 4, to put off the old self and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God. Or to use the words of Colossians 3, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. For your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then he goes on, Paul goes on to say, put to death what is earthly in you. And as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on the clothing of righteousness. So, for the young man or the young woman whom God has chosen, the law of God becomes a delight. Doing the will of God and following the Lord Jesus is something that gives joy and satisfaction. And such a person then does not take delight in sin, but fights against it. He tries to kill off his old nature because he knows that the remnants of sin in him grieve the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And it's from this perspective that the preacher tells young people to enjoy life, to enjoy their youth. And that's because when you're young, you're strong and vigorous. That's the norm. Chapter 12 speaks of the days of darkness, which are obviously the days when we become old. And that doesn't mean that old people cannot enjoy life. But the preacher is saying you are only young once, so make the most of it. When you're young, you have, you have lots of energy, and old age will come soon enough. And note well, the preacher is not saying enjoy life because you're young, but he says enjoy it while you are young. Enjoy the life that God gives you now. Because your redemption is real. Your salvation is real. Your peace with God is real and genuine. And life in Christ is not worthless or meaningless. You've been renewed In the Lord Jesus Christ, so make the most of your youthful energy and strength and seek the Lord with that strength and energy and enjoy every day that you have been given. The preacher writes in verse 7 of chapter 11 that light is sweet and it's pleasant to see the sun. In other words, Enjoy the sunrise and enjoy the creation that God has made for you. Take delight in it. Allow yourself to experience the good things that this earth has to offer. A believer ought to be able to enjoy a sunset more than anyone else. Or the sounds of an orchestra. Or a good meal with a glass of wine. Why? Because the believer acknowledges that God is the source of all these things. The wonder is that God has provided this for us. It's not a sin to enjoy the good things in life, as long as we don't make enjoyment an end in itself. It's one of the great ironies of life that as long as we seek satisfaction and enjoyment, we will not find it. Your heart will never be satisfied with things. Because you were created to be satisfied in God alone. The one who can give you all things. And so when scripture tells us to rejoice in our youth and and enjoy that time of life. It's an encouragement for us to seek God with all the energy that we have. And to do it with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. 
And in order to do that, the preacher says we have to remove vexation from our heart and put away pain from our body. And that's because being young is in and of itself not the key to happiness. It's not a guarantee of happiness. Not all young people enjoy their life. And growing up isn't always easy. It never has been. And in today's world of social media, it certainly doesn't make it easier, does it? And that's something that we as parents should keep in mind. I know it's easy to be hard on your own kids, to put your foot down, to be strict, to have high demands. That's often our our instinct. And I know we cannot give happiness to our children, but if we are not careful, we can make things more difficult for them. And we can cause them anxiety and pain. And that word that the preacher uses for anxiety has to do with anger or resentment. Young people can become angry when they see hypocrisy around them in their homes and in the church and in society. And for that reason, we bear a great responsibility towards our children. And it's a great challenge to nurture our children in the fear of the Lord. And as parents, we need to ask God daily for his forgiveness and wisdom. But at the same time, young people also need to recognize that they need the grace of God no less than their parents. There's more to the preacher's reference to anxiety, more than what we would call the, the normal difficulties of growing up. Anxiety and pain can also be caused by becoming entangled in sin. Sometimes we get caught up in sin. We walk into a situation not aware of how bad it can be or how dangerous it is. And before you know it, you're entangled. You're caught up in it. And that can cause a lot of anxiety. It can steal the joy from your life and the enthusiasm from your life. Because often when you're young, you don't have the maturity to be able to deal with these things. And so the preacher calls us to remove or banish anxiety. It means to to take decisive steps to throw away trouble and sinful inclinations. It takes a lot of effort to remove ourselves from entanglement. The preacher also says you must put away pain from your body. He is talking here about the things that you can do to yourself that harm your body and, and even shorten your lifespan. Things that remove pleasure and happiness from your youth. I'm pretty sure I don't have to give you a long list of examples. You know these things yourself. And your parents probably talk to you about them as well. And so the question is, are you being careful? Or are you being wise in your own eyes? Do you allow your parents and your teachers and your office bearers to instruct you? Or do you think that you know better? Remember who you are. And remember who the preacher is addressing. Young people of the church, you are God's chosen children. You have been joined to the church through baptism. You are being sanctified in Christ Jesus, separated from the world for the purpose of living for God. And it has, it has pleased God to give you a youthful desire to love life and to enjoy life. God gives to young people the gift of 
of optimism, of, of desiring the most out of life, the gift of energy. And the Lord doesn't expect you to squash those gifts. He has given His Son to take away the curse and the burden of sin and of the results of sin. And He has taken that away so that you can enjoy life, that you may enjoy it, the life that He gives you already here and now. And so, with the words of our text, the Lord wants to encourage you to make the most of life, the life that He gives you. Young people of the church, Jesus Christ died for you. And by faith in him, you have been crucified with him. By faith with him, you have been raised with him to a new life, a spirit-filled life. A life in which you are free from the debt of sin. A life in which you have peace with God. So then, live that life. Make the most of what you have received in Christ. And so we don't have to despair of life, and we don't have to give in to the ways of sin. We may take delight in all the good gifts that God gives us. Delight in the life that you have in Christ. Know that in Him your life has purpose, and it has meaning. He has made you who you are for His sake. So then also think about what God wants from you. And be encouraged that he wants you to rejoice in your youth. Let's also examine how he encourages us. It's true, of course, that entanglements and other things can weigh us down and suck the joy out of life. And it's not an easy thing to avoid entanglements. And that's not something that is just... A struggle for young people. Just ask your grandparents. They will tell you that too. And Satan tries to lure us into sin. And there are many things in the world that can entangle us. But it's not a hopeless cause. Again, remember who you are. That's what the preacher reminds us too in verse 1 of chapter 12. Remember your creator. Remember him because he remembers you. The God who made you rejoices that he made you. He is pleased with how he made you. And he rejoices in the gifts and talents that he has given you. And remember your Savior because he remembers you too. He has been thinking about you since eternity past. When he was on the cross, he had you in mind. When he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, he had you in mind. And when he sent his Holy Spirit to be poured out on the day of Pentecost, he had you in mind. And he has promised never to leave you or forsake you. We read some verses from Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but just let me be brief. In the New Testament, it's clear that Jesus is the one who has inaugurated the last days, or the messianic age of the church. The proof of which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The messianic age, then, is the age which stretches between the first coming of Christ 
and his return on the clouds of heaven. So we are living in the age of the Holy Spirit, whose ministry in and for the church is one of abundance, which is why his coming is referred to as an outpouring. And the effect of the outpouring on the church is that God's people, young and old, are prophesying, receiving visions and dreams. Peter is quoting from the prophecy of Joel. And and what does this mean? Well, when we think of prophesying, maybe you think of an Old Testament prophet who is speaking the Lord's words. But the essence of prophesying is God speaking, God making himself known. That is the essence of prophesying. So then with the outpouring of of the Holy Spirit, all of God's people are given the ability to understand God's word. And in this sense, all of God's children are prophets, just as they are priests and kings. So through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we have knowledge of God and of Christ, and we can speak about him. We can prophesy. We can make him known. And this is true of young people in the church, too. You have been given the means and the power to walk in the ways of your heart, your renewed heart, your Christ-centered heart. And the author of Ecclesiastes encourages you to remember your Creator. And in the light of the coming of Christ, we can say it this way, remember also your Recreator, the one who renews you by His Spirit and Word. He gives you faith, He enables you to live by faith and he renews you and he helps you and that is true for every disciple of Christ. He is with you today and tomorrow until the end of the age. So you have every reason to rejoice in your youth. And as you get older, you have every reason to continue to rejoice in what God has given you, what he has obtained for you in Jesus Christ. And so, young people, as you profess your faith publicly before God and the congregation, understand that it is the Lord's desire for you to rejoice in your youth. It is his desire for you that you walk in the ways of your renewed heart and in the ways of your spirit-enlightened eyes. And when we keep that in mind, then we can cheerfully and gladly rejoice in the life that God has obtained for us in Christ. And that is true for everyone who follows Jesus. Amen.